0: Hello chaps and chapettes, welcome back to the Guitar Geeks podcast. How are we all doing? It's been a minute, but it's good to be back. So, today we have somebody that's in kind of like the, the little friendship circle of the Guitar Geeks uh, podcast. Yeah, uh, oh, friend! friend. Uh, and uh, we actually have Mr. Lee Dabada 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 Doom from Pedalboards of Doom with us this week.
1: Hello, people. This is is a bit of a a
0: deviation from the norm, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, usually we're talking about what we've been up to in the week and God knows whatever else nonsense that we fuck about with (laughs) in the weeks. But uh, yeah, it's a bit more serious this week, I guess. Um, Um, So, serious, serious serious (laughs) black. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so we'll just kind of do a brief introduction for those that aren't kind of directly involved but let's uh do a brief introduction on who you are and what you're doing
1: yeah so uh my name is lee um lee alexander i'm usually found on facebook and i run the very large facebook group pedophiles of doom um so we've got 80 3,000 members I think at the moment uh, and it's growing rapidly um, you know we we think we might have like closer to 90 100 by the end of the year Easy. it's just growing so quickly yeah
0: 83 looking on my phone
1: yeah. crazy it was only a couple of months ago that it uh, it turned over 80,000 so yeah
0: it's it's growing it's, like clockwork
1: yeah, it's mental it really is it's so busy on there um Yeah, so Pedalboards Doom is a group where you join it if you're really into pedals. Uh, It's nothing to do with doing music whatsoever. It's more of a parody. I started running Pedalboards Doom back in about 2016, 2017 after the original guy who started it. Um, Just didn't have the time for it anymore. Um, And it was about 5,000 members then. Um, And it was taking a bit too much of his time. Started it as a little bit of a, a laugh. And it just grew; it was really popular. And from that, we've kind of um, well, we've added <laughs> eighty thousand members. Uh, we've also added um, a YouTube channel and Instagram, which is uh, run by some some weirdo. Um, I wouldn't know who. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't
0: know anything about that.
1: <laughs> uh, and yeah we we have a, a range of presenters on our youtube channel including uh josh here um, and including the budget pedal chap and our, our mikey and myself um and, uh, what else do we do uh
0: we have a collaboration with plenty of brands as well such as you know like tate effects you know we tend to work quite lo- closely with i think you know we do a bit with Boss and, yeah, yeah, Pedal, Patch, TC Electronic, you know, kind of, kind of involved with lots and lots and lots of brands and probably half the reason why when I first, I think I joined the, I think I joined the group, say in about 2016, 2017, I think, and then, yeah, it's, it's weird now that I'm kind of part of, part of it, so to speak, it's kind of weird. Yeah, man.
1: I always used to see your your videos of you like playing um, like Ramstein stuff, uh, and it was always cool. And, uh, I'm a big Ramstein fan, so it would be a case of just like watching you and, like sitting there going, "Why haven't I bothered to learn that?" <laughs> 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 and it, it it kind of inspired me to actually start learning some Ramstein stuff because I mean, I've loved them since uh, since the Mutter album, 2001. I um, remember when that came out, and 2001. Was yeah. It? Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's just I, they were a big influence on me. Like them, and Muse, Muse are my favourite band, but they, they both for me sit in a, a similar sort of place because they they mix the rock and the metal with synth uh, mm-hmm. and orchestral bits and pieces. Um, obviously, they they are very different bands, but they for me they they scratch they, well they scratch an itch. That,
0: yeah, like it, it was a very weird thing for me because not many people kind like, of tend to know this about me. But before I got into Hamstein and met all and used, you know, proper music, as I would say, uh, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Matt Quine would probably disagree. Um, but uh, like, I was into like a lot of hip hop and rap and that kind of shindig. And then I saw the light, and I was like, uh, oh, this, yeah, this, this is where the fun's at." Uh, it, yeah. yeah.
1: And I know what you mean. In England, uh, especially like where I I lived, because I know there's more of a music scene uh, that's easier and more in your face in places like Birmingham. Birmingham's got a great music scene, but where I was used to up,
0: be, not anymore. Oh
1: well, yeah, so many places have closed down now. It? It's yeah, crazy. Um, but the um, in Medway, it turned out Medway did actually have a great music scene, but I didn't know about it, and it was kind of. Kind of underground, if you know what I mean. Um, so in my school that I grew up in, you know, you you didn't hear rock music. The heav- heaviest thing you heard in my school was Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I, I love that. Um, and growing up, um, everything that you heard was like bloody Barbie Girl or the latest
0: Venger Boys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, they were obsessed by like stuff like that, Venger Boys. I played of like that to my daughter the other day. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, they were obsessed with it. It was all like All Saints and Spice Girls and boy bands. And uh, I, for for me, oh, I didn't realise that metal music was um, a real thing. I thought it was kind of like just something that you had in movies. Yeah. I, I just didn't know, uh, and it it was crazy to find. I think Metallica was my, my eye opening thing to this because uh, they did the Mission Impossible 2 uh, song they did I Disappear from Mission Impossible 2 and I had the DVD and I was like what this is a real band it's kind of like <laughs> the same thing everyone's having Stranger Things now <laughs> oh,
0: I don't, I think that's kind of become a very sore subject you now because all of a sudden like you know people are like what is this amazing music and then they kind of sing the other side of Metallica and they're like oh yeah we're not down with that and it's the whole woke Generation, oh man, this is. Uh, this is starting me to be.
1: No, yeah, Metallica of course, man. Uh, Metallica. I don't, I don't know of anything Metallica have done that would upset anyone. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. Else. Um. Anyway, um, yeah. So it was, it was hard. And I, my, my dad, um, he, he was from the, uh, born in 1942. So he he was a teenager in the 60s. So all I used to hear from him was music from the 60s, which I thought was kind of like, oh my God, why are you just playing all this old music to me? But now I'm like playing music from the 90s to my kids. And it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But I did love it. That's, that was kind of like, that, that was my rock. That was my rock and roll. Like my first guitar solo that I fell in love with was Albatross. Um, so yeah, it was that was super super cool. Um, and then I found bands like Oasis and Blur. And um, I was really lucky. A few years ago, I was at a a small meet and greet. It was a really small meet and greet, and it was at Anderton's. Um And there was only a few people there. It was like Adrian Forbes, um, Dan Steinhardt. Uh, There's a few of us there. And we were all hanging out, and we were all there to see Graham Coxon of uh, Blur. And, um, you know, we are all chatting to him and I, I managed to get a little bit of time just to say to him, like, thanks, man, because all the other shit that I had to listen to was just dire. <laughs> 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 and, and, like, you know, if it wasn't for how popular park life I it was, I guess, I would never have been able to, like, get onto all their other stuff. Uh, and he said that he had exactly the same experience. Like, when he was growing up, it was, like, all Madonna, and all that sort of stuff in the 80s. That's all he had put to him because that's all the radio played back then. And it was like bands that were doing similar to what he was doing for me coming from the US that opened his mind to rock and roll
0: yeah it's, it's kind of like there's always the, the generations kind of you, you know the people that say grew up in like you know the 80s or 90s will will tend to have been kind of brought up on maybe like late 50s 60s sometimes you know early 70s and yeah like you say you know now say bringing up the kids on the 90s music you know whether it's like you know blur or sound garden or anything that was going on in the 90s and then for me, when I have kids, it would be 2000s kind of music, you know, like, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, Green Day or, you know, any of, you know, the the stuff that was big at the time during that period. Yeah. It's odd. I mean,
1: w- once I found Metallica and then I realised Metallica on Kerrang! and I started watching Kerrang! It kind of opened up like for floodgates and, you know, you start getting all these uh, bands and i I'd, I'd had an interest in playing guitar for quite some time as well my brother had one and i've been like watching his lessons and then learning it better than him <laughs> <laughs> he, he got the hump because it was like i can do an a chord it's well easy and he's like no no it's my guitar <laughs> <Quite> <laughs> um, yeah so um,
0: kind of like how did like you know what was the the driving force into going out and Getting your, you know, your own guitar and starting the journey for yourself.
1: Well, I um, I do I really wanted to play, like loads and loads and loads and loads. I, I seriously had this urge to play. Um, I managed to get this job. Uh, it was like in a call center, like calling people up to get like double glazing, <laughs> and they were giving. They were letting anyone work from there, paying everyone cash in hand, and even if you weren't old enough, they were letting you do it. So I was just about old enough, but my mate, who became my mate, well, there were two brothers, Callum and Reese, um, they were working there as well. And we got talking, and I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I really like Guns N' Roses and stuff, but I really want to play because it's like past the time that I was uh, first introduced to Metallica and stuff. Um, and they were like, Oh, come see our band. I was like, oh, All right. Yeah, make some friends. And they were just unbelievable. They were like you know, they they were they were past the level I'm at now. And (laughs) Reese was only fifteen. It was just like, oh my god, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Everyone was watching him, they were doing like all the Fin Lizzie harmonies and stuff and it was just Oh, it just blew my mind. It was sitting there playing Van Halen songs. I was just like, "What?"
2: <laughs>
1: like so loads and stuff. Um, and we ended up becoming like really good friends. And they just uh, basically encouraged me loads, give me pointers, not lessons so much. But we were jamming, and I was just like, "Okay, right, I've got to learn this. Right, what is this?" Um, the first couple of songs that I really learned on the guitar stupid? I, I learned Sweet Child of Mine and Stairway to Heaven as my first two songs. It was just like, are you mental? <laughs> some, some sort of like Creedence Clearwater Revival or something like that. Nope. No, 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 no. no. I want to play the hardest shit. <laughs> so, and, and then they, they opened my eyes to Satriani and Malmsteen. And these were like people who they were introduced to from friends that they... They knew in the block of flats who were older than them, who who had like been playing guitar in the eighties and stuff like that, and they were like introduced to them, and then they passed it to me, and that's where my love for like listening to Satch comes from. I still I still think by far Satch is the, the best guitar player out there because he he can hold it up against anyone in terms of like shred ability, but he's got so much like melody. It's the melodic playing is just amazing, amazing, amazing.
0: Yeah, um, kind of like I—I I must be honest. Like I've never been on the the whole kind of uh, the the Satch Band wagon. Like yeah, I can appreciate his stuff, but I've never, like me personally, have never kind of got fully um, fully into a You know, I think if you're in that pool, then yeah, like I say, Malmsteen and Vi, uh, people like that all kind of come hand in hand, so to speak.
1: I mean, we we were well into it. I mean, we would gather around Reese's computer and like looking at YouTube. This was early days in YouTube watching Michelangelo Beto with these like four next guitar <laughs> spinning it around and stuff. Going, oh my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was. It was just, like, watch, just
0: watching him with all these ridiculous legato. and Yeah. Uh, no,
1: he's, he's a phenomenal player. He really is. There is... Um, there was this real rivalry between a bunch of us as we were like going because we would go to open mic nights and gigs every night, every single night for probably about I don't know five to eight years solid. It was just honestly, if we weren't playing, we were watching someone else's gigs. We would get invited up to play. We would we would take over sets. When we got really drunk, if someone's band would be a bit crap, but we were really arrogant. Jesus <laughs> no Christ. No one's enjoying us, get out of the way. <laughs> we, would um, we would kick the sound man out of the way. Uh, I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> uh, the sound guy's so shit, and no one's enjoying it. Just kick him out of the way and just like sorting out the sound. And you just watch the room start bobbing because the people can actually hear it and they're enjoying the sound. Um, that's
0: that's arrogance to a completely new level (laughs) it
1: was we thought we were rock stars we really did um yeah um then i kind of like started to try to i remember reese had a a couple of um a couple of pedals knocking around and i was like what's that then and he's like it's it's an old aria delay i was like he's like come on borrow them you're enjoying them It went wrong i think i gave them back to him about five years later um
0: (laughs) But, At least you had, he was yeah. honest enough to give them back to him because most people would just keep it.
1: I think he might have seen him on my flat. He said, hang on a minute.
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, yeah, we, you know, I got into a band, we were doing well, so we would have a lot of parties. I had my own flats, we'd have a lot of parties afterwards, and it was just jamming all the time. It was literally just living rock and roll lifestyle. It was so much fun. Miss it, I do. Um, but then you kind of grow up, and I had this rule that I said that, like, if I hadn't made it by the time I was twenty eight, then you know I was going to start taking life seriously. Uh, so yeah, when I got job and, I'm uh, gonna say
0: still hasn't taken life seriously. <laughs>
1: well, I uh, yeah, I've got a family. I've got a. Um, you know, I have got a i have recently today had a, a chat with one of my mates who's in a reasonably decent band um about uh, being their tech <laughs> while they go on tour for six to eight weeks and i'm like yeah i could do that <laughs> See,
0: so, I, I, w- I would absolutely love something like that personally you know just, I, yeah, I think that'd just, be a dream just not seeing
1: the children but i'm a wife obviously for like six to eight weeks uh
0: you're cool. kind of just like, oh, I'd hate to see the back of them, and they secret in the background, go, go, go on, go, 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 you enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh,
2: no, 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 I love my children, my wife. <laughs> yeah. So
0: was um, it, it when you kind of seen like, that area today, was that then when the whole pedal fixation and gear then started to kind of
1: grow? Yeah, yeah, got that, then I got a, a Line 6 pod, as we all do, um, and then I lent that to my uncle and he died and I never saw it again I, and I was like, oh, shit because <laughs> no one knew he was ill and then suddenly he just turned really ill and uh, kind of um, yeah, it was a real shame of Uncle Baz and then um, so I just started like building a pedal board and just like putting some stuff on there, some of the early pedals were, I was really into MXR um, so, some of the early pedals were like a, a Dynacom um, micro amp because I wanted, uh, I like my amp tone, I wanted to just get a clean boost and I didn't understand how it works. So, I was like, why is it that this is a clean boost and I'm like just increasing my sound, but it's increasing the overdrive as well? It doesn't have any overdrive in it. What's going on? I didn't understand how these work. <laughs> Witchcraft. Um, it was mainly when I jumped up to a tube amp from a uh, from a, a transistor amp because everyone had trans- no one had tube amps but like no one could one.
0: Unless um, un- say unless you were kind of you know extremely lucky, they were very much like only the best of the best kind of got them.
1: I mean, when I got my my JCM 2000, I thought I was moving up to the big leagues. I was was like because I had this MA50 which was a Marshall it was like not very good it was a valve amp um, but it was more of a clean valve amp had little orange lights in it to make it look like the tubes were running hot (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah I I moved up to the JCM2000 which is a great amp I've still got it I'm looking at it now Um, I still use it it's a really great amp but I was like this is it does, I'm going to take over the world. Isn't it? <laughs> I
0: think wasn't it Richie Sambora or Sambora was using those? Was he using the DSL 2000s? I can't remember.
1: It is a DSL. JCM 2000
0: is a Yeah. So I swear it was them ones that Sambora were using. They've always sounded great to me.
1: I've seen loads of people use them. I've seen, I've seen them in backstage uh, Muse concerts. Um, I think I have. Anyway, it looked like it. Um, I've seen them all over the place. They are very good amps. I, I mean. They've been superseded now more with the JVM. Yeah. And I'd like a JVM, but now I've got my Victory amps I don't really yeah, don't really need it. Um
0: well, that, still like... as we kinda of know from the uh, the fret talk podcast I've you know, I'm in the boat of so Victory are probably some of the best amps out there on the market at the moment. Much to yeah. other people might have disagreed with me, but I stand true by that fact.
1: I mean, I, I know Martin and Martin Kidd of, who designs and builds the uh, victory amps and he is just phenomenal. It's a He's a wizard. Just, he he is. Have you ever played a cornfield One of his old cornfields.
0: I was lucky enough to play one once um a friend of mine was like had like a Richie Cotson kind of um one of yeah. like the very early signature model ones and I played for it and I was just like, Oh man. It I was...
1: mean they are nice. Yeah. And these are like Production versions of those, basically,
0: and yeah, that they were just oh, creme de la creme. Now, if you if you still got it, man, he's sitting on an absolute fortune
1: with it. Yeah, my, my mate, um, my mate who works over in uh, WD Music in um, in Kent, he uh, he has one, and um, yeah, it's lovely. Um, he's he's actually getting it fixed. By Martin soon so i think tubes got ah. in it or something but yeah yeah very 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 nice lovely lovely amps um so yeah and now i now i run pedal Boys of doom because i've got into that as i explained um and from off the back of that i've got work with many pedal companies as you were saying earlier and i work with wonderful company called timepedia and another fantastic pedal company one of the best pedal uh was best sounding pedals uh, companies out there, uh, Analog Alien, um, and um, yeah. That's
2: what I think. We'll
0: very briefly touch on a few of these, especially um, with Tone P, because a lot of people, you know, say if, like, obviously now at the moment you're living in Sweden, if I'm right in saying so, so, you know, yeah. it's it's not necessarily so easy to just go down to a guitar store and it's like, oh, I'm really interested in buying what, you know, say the Victory V, I oh, know you've got the, the, v- the V4 uh, Kraken style pedals and, the, the preamp ones, but you know, say wanting to go down and try something, it's it, it must be imagining it's quite difficult in Sweden. Um,
1: well, it was difficult in Medway. Uh, we had a couple of shops, near, sort of music shops. Um, the best one that was there, uh, had Hughes and Kettner and Blackstuff that was that was their the range big two that they did, yeah. Um, and they had Dean guitars in there, but you couldn't go and there was another one local that was called the American Guitar Shop. That was about an hour away, and you'd go to that and um, you would be able to play your Fenders and your, your, your Les Pauls. But they, it was kind of like they were very restricted, very much restricted who could go and see them. It wasn't like having a guitar, guitar locally or an Anton's locally yeah. or anything like those ones. So when I wanted to go to Anton's, I used to. It was about an hour and a half to get to the M twenty five proper. Get stuck on M twenty
2: five for another hour and a half. <laughs> go across to Guildford
1: and um, go and visit Anstons if you can find parking. Go in, visit, spend there, You know the Anstons were really good to me. They used to let me like dedicate a room just to me and mates, me and some mates, and just like we would just run like loads and loads of pedals through there. Um, all day long. It was really nice of them. They were they were great. Um but it was a ball lake and uh, I remember like leaving that area, coming back, getting stuck on the M25 and not getting home till half one in the morning just to go and try some pedals. It was it was a bull lake and that was when I was living in England. Now I'm in Sweden. I don't know where I could go I, I'm sure. I know there is a shop up in Stockholm but Stockholm's a five hour drive from
0: I think you yeah. know, it, it, it's it's um, a hell of a lot kind of, of a distance to have to go to then, say, just try a guitar or try a pedal or anything like that, which is kind of um, where Tone PD kind of came into its own because you could literally, if you've got a humbucker guitar and you wanted this pedal for this amp, you know, it gave you everything that you needed to know as to how kind of the pedals would sound and then being able to tweak the pedals in real time. It was an absolute brainwave.
1: Well, you can change it from humbucket, you can change it from a lesbaud to a strap. Yeah. And you, you can switch the pickups around, stuff like that. So if you like playing in position four, for instance, on the strap, you can hear how the pedals going to react.
0: And so, um, yeah, it was cool. kind of, it was one of the things where um, I must admit when I was looking at some pedals and uh, I, I'd Come across it obviously through pedal boards of doom before I even kind of joined the, like you know, the the more inclusive side of pedal boards of doom, shall we say? Um, and that was one of the things that was like, oh yeah, I'm 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 gonna get that. Uh, I think what was uh, I think it was when I bought my first MXR GTOD. I think I had tried one on there. And I was like, "Oh, I like how that sounds." And other, yeah, it, it's it's genuinely a, a a brilliant piece of audio engineering, I guess, would be the best way to describe it.
1: Yeah, uh, witchcraft is another. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you, like we have some pedals on there that have taken us taken the team, so not taken one person, but taken the whole team about a week to take from beginning to end so You can sit there and twiddle with it for about five minutes because what, what we do is we have to record every combination. So on Tonepedia, you can switch between two guitars if you're testing a pedal. So we've got loads of different gear on there, but talk about pedals just for a second. You you take your pedal in the middle, and all of the knobs you can control, all right? You can also choose which guitar is running into it and which of the amps it's running into. So you normally you'll have a fender and you'll have an AC30. So you've got a mid push and a mid scoop, um, and then you've got the two guitars. So you've got every combination of uh, sound that you can have through every single uh, knob. Combination has to be recorded separately. So let's let's say for argument's sake, all the knobs are put at um, are put at eight o'clock. And then we turn the gain up to 9 o'clock and we record that. And then we turn the gain up to 12 o'clock, record that, and then turn it around to like 3 o'clock and record that. Then we have to move that back. Then we have to move the tone up to 9 o'clock and record the whole position. And then we have to go through. Basically, you're looking at thousands and thousands of different audio recordings. And it's just insane. That's why we do two pedals at once, um, because... And we can record the Les Paul the Strat otherwise it would be double the time um, yeah it's absolutely mental but the end result is so cool
0: it ain't it, enough it, if nobody's you know any podcast listeners have never like you know not heard of it or anything like that I highly suggest you um, you check it out because say you might be in the situation of your nearest guitar store is an hour away or you know or doesn't even there's nowhere near that you even stocks a pedal that you're looking at you know most yeah. likely chances tone have it and you can you can try and listen to it
1: and do you know what else right there are things that we've done which you can't even if you live next door to a guitar shop that you can't do so we do pickups so in the same guitar we swap all the pickups um, over so all the strat pickups all go into the same strat sometimes we even change the neck of the strat so it's not two different Strats. We just record it once with a, a maple neck. record it once with a, a rosewood board, um, and so you can actually hear the difference because there is a difference. I was really on the, you know, on the wall about that. I was like, is there? Isn't there? Is there any good way of testing it? We tested it. We did it. You can hear a difference. It's clear as day.
0: That's it. The, the tone wood argument has been finished here. You heard it first.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Well, I say I I understand how people can be on the wall about it, um, uh, because there's no real way of testing it, and some people are very adamant that there isn't. But how can you be adamant about something that isn't scientifically tested? Well, here's here's the ins and outs of it. If the pickups are low output, you can hear a difference. If the pickups are high output, you might as well, you know, play on a bit of metal. It doesn't matter. So. Yeah, that was the, from a scientific point of view, sounds really pompous, but we solved it. We did it scientifically.
0: What's been the biggest struggles with it?
1: Um, I think convincing new companies um, that it's new technology that isn't in the same place as everything else, which is basically like when you're demoing something, people tend to go to YouTube and we're saying to people, well, hang on a minute. We're going to put it on our own website, and we can also put it on your own website. Just convincing people that it's new, because it's expensive, because it's so labour intensive, and that's that's where the cost lays. Um, it's not that expensive, but it's you know it's equivalent to a high, a, a good quality uh, YouTube demo in terms of price, and um, it's worth it. The audio quality is much better than any. YouTube video I've ever produced. It's um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's like they have a professional audio set up there, um, high-level mixers, engineers, these sort of things. So um, yeah, you know, just convincing people that this technology is actually what it says.
0: It does exactly what it says on the tin, so to you know, so to speak, without robbing the pun from another. Company <laughs> Ron Seal. Yeah,
1: Ron Seal. I, I remember Andy Andy Bimson. Um, him uh, he won a pedal from Tampedia Peter on a giveaway, and he actually we, we gave people the choice to choose which pedal they wanted, and he went and chose the Marshall Governor. Of course, it was the owner of the company's own Marshall Governor, and Ella, who's the owner, he was like, Ah, oh, well, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But you know he he stood by his word and he gave he yeah, gave it to him and um and I was talking to Andy and I was saying to him, "Excuse tampering much?" He's like, "Well, I don't know how close it actually is to real life." I was like, "Well, you've got a pedal, go and try it." He's like, "I will do when I get home," and he put up this lovely uh, post on Facebook saying, "I can't believe just how close it is." I played it, um, and then I played it against it, um brood of tonepedia player and it's exactly it and i personally had the same um the same experience because i've got up on my shelf over there i've got um a 1986 1987 rat that is on tonepedia and i i've played them one like one against the other i beat them and yeah it's bang on
0: no difference
1: yeah, it's it's not eq'd or anything. It's just recorded properly.
0: That's one of those, like um, one of the OG holy grail pedals for uh, for people. I, I can't believe that you actually give away the, the governor. I mean, because those now they come up like hens teeth. You you very rarely see them come up, and when they do, they they sell for a uh, they sell for good money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. I think they're about two, three hundred quid
0: at the moment. Yeah, something like that. Um, And we can't not talk about pedals because I think out of anybody, any of us at pedal boards, doing you easily have probably the biggest collection of pedals on
1: your shelves. (laughs) Yeah, I. Do you remember when I was putting the um, putting the new studio together and I kept messaging you guys going, "Oh, I've just counted all my pedals
0: and I've I've got." It's in ninety nine, wasn't it? or Something like that.
1: Yeah, because I was like, I've got 83 pedals, and then it was like five minutes later, so I was count like, some more, <laughs> and the end, it ended up, I had 99 pedals, and so I was like, shit, I was well annoyed, I was like, hmm, who's going to give me another pedal, <laughs> just because I want, I want the round <laughs> one? You, you just
0: won the one, 100, and then that's it, you've hit the century of pedals. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm,
1: well, it and it's, uh, it's
0: a good conversation with Marcus Darby because obviously he's quite a big pedal collector as well. And he's got you know like KTR and bits and pieces, and he's again, he's another big fan of um the victory, like ourselves. Um, other than the the original rat, what's you know, some of your most coveted in the collection?
1: Uh, so I Just looking at it now, so that's why I'm looking away. Uh, If I go through my vintage pedals, which I can see on the top there, I've got got an old Rat, I've got an old Dynacom. Both of those are the ones that are on Tonepedia. I've got an old CE2, which is uh, modded. Um, And then I've got a Phase 100, which is also on Tonepedia. I've got a Marshall Governor, I've got a TS10, Got, TS10. Um, was, that,
0: did, was that found in the bin by any chance? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Um,
1: I've got the EQ from the 10 series range as well. Uh, so they're like my, my vintage pedals. I've got some more vintage pedals, but I can't remember where they are uh, off the top of my head. But um, well, my favourite pedals are probably. Well, my favourite pedal is the Blue box, which you well know. The MXR Blue Box is like one of my favourites of all time. It's just such a great pedal.
0: A lot um, of people hate on it, but I think it's a great pedal.
1: Oh, it's amazing! It is so organic. It fights you, and you know you never quite know what to expect, and you know you go backwards and forwards and have a, a great old time with it. It's really good. I've oh, got an old SD1 as well with the old. Uh, that old tube screamer chip in it, the JD 455 yeah. D or whatever it's called, JC forty five 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 D. I think that's I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, the Carbon Copy. That's a, a great pedal. I've always loved that. But I I really like Delay a lot. The DD five hundred has got to be one of my all time favorite pedals as well. That's just Quite easy to use. Quite easy to get great tones out of, and it's got a lot of functionality. but um, Once you set it up right, you're you, you're banging.
0: It's easily yeah, like um, a timeline killer, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it's so much more powerful than the timeline. And the trouble with the DV five hundred is the presets on it didn't like the presets it came with didn't sound as good as the presets that were on the timeline when it first came out. Yeah. And that's what uh, people. But once you actually start dialing it in, it easily sounds better than the timeline. Uh, what else I... yeah.
0: So this is where, like, I'm going to plant the seed of thought here for a pedal board to doom video, where you need to put together your most expensive
1: board. I did that. Do you remember I did that fart one? I went the most expensive fart ever. And it, was, uh, it was a. I, I,
0: I th- oh, actually, yeah, I think I very briefly remember it. Yeah, I, th- I think
1: the pedal board only had about four pedals on it, but it was worth about two, three grand. And I just wired it up so it made a big fart
0: noise. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have just bought that, was it the old England fart pedal or whatever it was that came out a few months
1: back? <laughs> yeah. The siren scream, of course, from uh, TateFX is like something that I worked on with Stu, uh, you know, he was sending me prototypes over, I was giving him like, okay, I want it to sound more like this, more like that, because the Brexit pedal, which was like the best rap that I played up until then, it was the predecessor to the uh, Siren Scream. Um, So I wanted it to sound more like that, but also we were trying to get it to sound more like my my classic, my vintage rap. Uh, And we did. Um, Yeah, Siren Scream is a, a fantastic bloody pedal, it really is i'm just looking at my board oh yeah of course my sy 2000 uh, 200 sorry that's an amazing pedal and my cali 76 i i just wouldn't have a board without a cali 76 on it
0: now i was um when i was doing my gig on saturday um i was literally just walking across the balcony at the top and i seen about four guys just looking over my pedal board and i was just kind of like uh-oh <laughs> and, Get <off> my <laughs> yeah literally I, and um i went you know to go and put some water down and they ended up was like is that a quad cortex and i was just like yeah and I are like can i have a go of it and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> no of course
1: not um, so on my board at the moment i've got an ESA. The, the victory.
0: Um, I'm going to try and remember, recall all this off the well, top yeah, of my head. He, he yeah, he, you got the ESR, so uh the Cali seventy six. There's the victory. I think is it the the Duchess one that you've got on there. The, I th- no, no, I've
1: got the Duchess, but that's on. That's not on the board
0: now. Oh, okay. Um, you've yeah, you got the SY two hundred. Uh, you did put on the IR, the boss IR loader, I above. I forgot what it's called now uh, I think, because you put that on there didn't you, I think uh, Okay, yeah so that's yeah, not on it uh, now <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you've evidently had a fiddle around with it since the last time I remember seeing it
1: So I've got the DL4 Mark II uh, yeah. which is brilliant that, that
0: replaced
1: the, the uh, DD500 I'm not sure if that's going to be a permanent change, but it might be. It might be. Um, so we've got that. I have the Wampler Pantheon on there because I really like that. Yeah. It's a really good pedal, uh, which is their king of tone. I've got uh, the SY200, the Cali 76 I've also got the uh, Eventide Micro Pitch, which does a lot of things, it kind of does this. Um, mon- does a really great chorus, but it does a lot of other things. It has this big stereo widening thing to it, which is fantastic, because my board runs in stereo. And then I've got a Victory V4 Kraken, and I've got the V4 Jack as well, which was the Countess. Yeah. Um, And they both have, um, whatchamacallit, uh, both have uh, two-notes technology in them, so I can... Yeah, the wallet...
0: Wall of sound impulse response sort of shindig.
1: Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and you can actually put your own ones in there, but I find the ones that are in there are pretty good. Uh, they're similar to my to my cabs that I have here. Um, and then I also have the GT one thousand core on there, which does most of the stuff that I need it to do in terms of um, you know modulations and these sort of things. I can have extra delays on there. Change amps. I can also run that out as a third output as well. So I, from my board, I can run because the amps are on there. I can run mono. So I can run both amps into one stereo cab if I wanted to, and, and basically get a mono sound. I can run both cab, uh, both amps out into um, different cabs and get stereo. I can run wet and dry. I can can, I can and wet. also, you can run <laughs> wet,
0: dry, wet. You can pretty much do
1: every sort of combination yeah. that exactly. you've got under the I, board. Or I can run full wet, like just like three different types <laughs> of modulation. I can run chorus, flanger, and phaser, or whatever if I wanted to.
0: That'd be uh, monumental yeah. sounding. I mean, some of the things that they do in this room is just unbelievable. I'm just like,
1: I need to be on stage in front of lots of people playing this so everyone can enjoy it with me, <laughs> just, just me
0: my going, yeah. So <laughs> when I was talking to the guys that were looking at the quad cortex because the one of them was he was saying that he's a helix user uh, not like the HX stomp the the full heat size helix shoes and he was saying is it worth the upgrade and I was obviously I'm a, I'm a big advocate for it anyway and um, I was kind of showing him like even though my paramore rig that i use this is relatively quite simple and then I showed, I showed him everything that you can do with it and you you just seen his light head just kind of just go
1: <laughs> yeah so I've got the Helix um, native on my computer and I really like that it's really really good <clears throat> but when I've watched and listened to like stuff you've done with the QC I'm just like holy shit that's good Mm. It's it's very very good. I'll tell you what, that GT one thousand core is fantastic as well. That's more powerful than the um, than the GT, uh, sorry, than the Helix.
0: I was actually looking at it, I think because the the bot, they've got the really small GT one or something like that, which is like it's mm. fucking. I've been looking at getting one of those myself, just for like um, a, a backup in case you know the the rig goes down because they, they they look very very good.
1: Yeah, the core is tiny. The core is um, about the same size as the stomp.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's what I've got it on my board. It's about the same size. I think it's a little bit bigger than the DD500.
0: Yeah, and so they're only so quite, yeah, like you say, quite diddy anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah uh, that, that's, that's my board. I can get pretty much every sound from it. The DL4's got a looper built into it, which can be MIDI controlled as well. So I can control my looper from my switcher. Um, yeah, it does everything I could possibly want. And I've got this really cool um, power supply called a Domino from Jadfreer, which every output has 1600 milliamps.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. I've, I've, I'm sorry, I can't say I've heard of that as a power distributor.
1: Have a look, we've got a video of it.
0: Uh, I'm gonna have to, because to be fair, like under mine, I'm running like one of the, the Harley Benton isolated power supplies and one of the Amazon like special fifteen. I mean,
1: uh, it's I'm not bad. On you a little bit. You've got a QC and a Harley Benton power supply.
0: But because it was ten, because <laughs> it was ten quid, and it powers all of your other pedals. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, I mean, no. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, it, it's definitely the next thing that I want to upgrade because. Bit, the biggest difference that I notice is at home it's fine, and then when you go on stage, all you hear is brrr, kind of like the, the electrical kind of hum um, in the background. And it is a quite annoying having to click, like, to hold the tune it's about to mute it every single time.
1: trying to remember. I've got a house. Oh, yeah, there it is. I've got a mirror. Um It's called a. Sorry, one sec. A. Macro Power 8, um, I bought it uh, a while back. It's an isolated, it's got three or four isolated outputs on it, and then the others aren't. But if you've got some analog pedals and some digital pedals, you chuck the digital ones in through the isolated bits, and then the analog
0: pedals can go through the non isolated, and you should be fine. Oh, yeah.
1: That wasn't expensive.
0: I, I was looking at trying to find a power supply that you could actually run the quad cortex through, but it's. It's not a risk I want to take. <laughs>
1: I think that takes about three amps, doesn't it?
0: Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I do
1: you're going to find one.
0: Yeah, I've I, I've been looking and I was I was struggling to find anything, unfortunately. Mm. But um, where do you kind of see like your sound evolving to next with everything that's because obviously sound companies now are kind of evolving more and more, um, and it, you know it definitely seems like now that there's a lot more kind of like digital aspects now coming into, to brands like say like with victory doing the impulse responses and things like that. Do you see your rig changing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, So there's a couple of ways in which it's gone. Like my pedal board is very much containing a lot of digital stuff. Whereas not so many years ago, there was no digital stuff on my board whatsoever, it was like um, nothing, I was like, nope, not putting any digital stuff on at all uh, I went for the DD500 that was kind of like my, my gateway drug because it had an analog drive Um and you know, it's just the root peaks and I was like convinced myself to do that and then I played a lot of pedals and like a lot more pedals and I found that the quality of pedals was alright, you know um, but the digital stuff was catching up with it. And I thought, okay, look, the digital stuff is getting there. But then I started playing pedals from some companies that were actually very, very good. So there's two in particular, Jam Pedals, and as I mentioned earlier, Analog Alien. And I played their pedals and there's just something about them. Uh, just something that is so much better than what 90% of everyone else does I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if their ears are tuned a little bit better. I know that Jack and Joe, who run Analog Alien, uh, started running Analog Alien because they run a world-famous recording studio called Cloud9 uh, Recording Studios over in New York. Um, they do sound for like, loads and loads mm-hmm. of people, like Joe and Jack. I mean, I could go through who they've worked with. Some of their artists. from the Eagles, so that you know, they know what they're doing, they're, they're very good at tone and the pedals that were coming in that they were recording were not good, they were like people kept going, I can't get the tone I want with this pedal and they ended up making some pedals for some artists, just saying look, hey okay, use this just to get it to just for recording purposes and the artists were saying to them, you should sell this shit and they did and um, yeah, they've been very well received. They're on tour with um, John Mayer. Like their pedals are in like, on tour with John Mayer, The Who, um, Joe Walsh, as we said, Steve Wonder, L- loads and loads of people. Basically,
0: it's uh, <laughs> as soon as you mention John Mayer and anybody's kind of artist roster, then you you know you're doing something right.
1: Yeah, it was it's because um, Pino Palladino's playing for them. yeah uh, he's one of their artists um
0: british boy well technically he's a welsh boy but you know but we'll 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 let him into our
1: little circle yeah he plays uh the alien base station which is uh, a fantastic um so what they do is they make these like uh three and one pedals they they make single pedals as well Uh, a lot of their pedals are these three and one pedals or two and one pedals so the rumble seat for instance has a really nice overdrive a delay and a reverb all built into it and um, you can switch them on and off like individual pedals but they sound fantastic and my uh, my very good friend emmanuel nor you, you've seen emmanuel haven't you yeah uh, time video so he's uh, a very very good friend of mine and um, he said to me earlier today but he hasn't stopped Playing the Rumble C. he he's played it every day for the past like six months. <laughs> you no, know, he plays in a very big band over in over in Germany um, called Majesty. You know, bigger than Rammstein. I <laughs> but,
2: uh, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll doubt, doubt me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was not true. <laughs> but they, um, yeah, he he loves their stuff, and he's like. I need to be endorsed by these guys, uh, and he's like endorsed by Ebner's and yeah you know, Thomas Buerg and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, they they are really really good. If so, my top tip is if you want to go and try some pedals that are better than everyone else, go try Analog Alien and go and try Jam pedals. And I was saying this before I started working with Analog Alien, and it's because of how much I liked Analog Alien that I wanted to work with them. Yeah, I'm quite strict about
0: that. That's why I started working for Time Media, because I really liked it. It's it's like I've I've noticed kind of since, um, like you know, again, like we said at the start, like you know, we knew of each other before, kind of, you know, we started working together, so to speak. But I've definitely noticed that, like, the forefront for you is definitely like having the brand loyalty. um behind you you know it's definitely not one of the people that might skip from one you know one to another to another it's like you, you know where your loyalty's lying you tend to stick there which is uh very like uh admirable to do
1: yeah uh, but you know that horrible saying that like, i'll call a spade a spade and um i i will if someone does something and it's crap I won't be like very open to the world saying, "Oh, this is rubbish" and all that sort of thing. But I will tell them. I will say to the company, oh, "I'm not getting on with this. This is not good." Yeah. Um. But I'm also aware that uh, there are sometimes it's it's down to me, and I'll give you an example. I I got a, a pedal through recently. I played it the first day. I played it. I absolutely loved it. I thought this is fantastic. Fantastic. I messaged a guy saying, do you know what? I love this. This might even replace my XYZ on my board. Really, really loved it. I went to do a video for it the other day, and I couldn't get a good tone out of it. I was like, what's going on? This was fantastic. We like, what, what on earth is happening? So, yeah. Um, I'll go back to it, and I'll do another video of it, and um, try and get a good one. Yeah, I think... It does come down to us as well
0: yeah um you know i think you know we have there are people out there that will i guess there's two different types when i say two different types of kind of shall we say youtubers where you know they will purposely get a bad product and do it in one way that is the only way it's good and gloss over you know some of the the more unfavorable points and then you've got people that will just genuinely not review something if it's not if it's not a a good product, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and sometimes what you're reviewing, the what someone wants out of it might not be what you want out of it. Now yeah. that your viewers will know what sort of stuff that you like, and that if they like the same sort of things, they'll keep coming back. If they don't, they'll go somewhere else to someone like. So if they're a blues player, maybe they'll go and watch a budget pedal chat, for instance. If they're more of a, a rock. Fusion metal sort of player, they to come and watch me if they want to get into like heavy, heavy, heavy ass down tunes. Uh, you know, playing, they'll watch you. That's why we're wonderful because we've got everything, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Everything kind uh, of comes under one tree branch, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and if they want to see how a pedal is used in a completely different way, they watch Mikey. Yeah, because
0: <laughs> Mikey's is like the most unorthodox person when I think it comes to when it comes to some of the pedals, it's unf- it's, it's it's unfathomably brilliant at times.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I just get so wrapped up. in I have to not watch them until I've got time to watch the whole thing,
0: you know? Yeah, because you don't, you don't want to just do one of the things where I'll, I'll just quickly, like, blah, 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 you know, go through it. You, you know, It's one of the ones where you definitely have to sit there and kind of enjoy it yeah. and process it, so to speak. He's so
1: very clever.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, like I say, the way he incorporates... Things like force pedals through loops and things like that—it it blows my tiny little mind.
1: <laughs> well, you can do all that sort of stuff with the QC, can't you? So that—that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, um, except I still don't think I've kind of fully um, explored the possibilities of the QC yet, because a lot of it blows my mind. I'm like, I'm not sure how to do this. I know I can do it, but I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so kind of obviously, we know bits of this anyway, but obviously people behind behind kind of the the podcast swing, but what have we got to look forward to coming forwards with pedal boards Because we have got things kind of going forward and things coming out and things being in the process and you know for a lot of people to look forward to yeah well
1: we're, we're growing uh we've um we've we're now working with some editors, so that means we can ramp up our output which is fantastic we can also look forward to maybe better uh, not better quality yes no actually no that's 100% true better quality edits but more unified edit, uh unified edit uniform yeah edits if you like I could say it um, so that's super cool um, and yeah more output I'm going to start doing a lot more demos um, Maybe I'll get back to doing the news as well. Uh, but the trouble with doing the news was that I had to do it every week and it had to be edited out on the same day that I filmed it. So it all went out on the same day. Otherwise, you'd film it and you'd miss a bit of news.
0: And then that was just it. It was kind of just like, oh, never mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like to... Um, I want to work out a way of doing that. Maybe doing a monthly one or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool. I liked doing the news. Um, so that was a, a month. Uh, sorry, that was a weekly uh, news. Kind of. I did move it just to pedals eventually. But then what happens is when you have no news, you kind of like, hello,
0: In the to report. Name's Lee. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have new guitar strings or whatever. You know, just some random twaddle just to try and get through.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, as you kind of know, on the podcast we have guests ask our future guests questions. Um, I had already forwarded yours on to the the next person that we've got forwarding on, so you're going to have to wait to see your answer for what you get with that. However, I have a question from Marcus Darby which is going to you. Now I, I, I must admit when he read when he gave me the question, I was kind of like, that's a brilliant question. I've never had anybody ask anything like that on these terms. Uh, so yeah, so Marcus wants to know if it could be a dolphin with a lion's head or a lion with a dolphin's head, what would you be and why?
1: <laughs> I'd definitely be a dolphin with a lion's
0: head, and why you
1: can the <laughs> 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 um, no it, it, I mean a lion with a dolphin's head would get killed, wouldn't
0: it um yeah, I mean you wouldn't be the most efficient predator in the world, not gonna lie uh, and it's like
1: yeah. You know, you wouldn't be able to like, see properly, you'd, you'd have skin conditions in the sun and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, being a, having like a, a lion's mane in the water, as a, unless you're a female, because anyone has a big mane, but if having a big lion's mane in the water would be irritable, it wouldn't be great, but it'd be better than drying out in the sun uh, as a dolphin, head.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you're not wrong there. It would be um, the, the dolphin sponsored by L'Oreal. Or, or something <laughs> like that yeah.
1: uh, you're, you're more likely to survive with that combination and become world famous you might become world famous the other way around with the dolphin head but you'd be a dead famous person
0: yeah you'd have all the Americans trying to hunt you you know, on their annual yeah. hunting trips to Africa or something um, yeah. something I generally have quite um, an interest in obviously as you well know he's att- like, attending concerts and gigs and it must, that must be something that's even more particularly difficult in Sweden, and especially, you know, especially in the Scandinavian countries, because if bands usually do it, you know, they might come to Oslo in Norway or Helsinki or Stockholm, but kind of like over and outside of that, um, you know, take Muse, for example, you know, wanting to see Muse on the new tour is going to be something, I guess, especially difficult for you being in the, you know, where you are geographically
1: yeah well you know um, I just very recently got my residency application um, approved here so I can now go and travel around uh, Europe uh, willy-nilly without a problem Um, I've got lots of friends who live all over the place so for me personally it's not a problem I can you know if I want to go and see someone in Germany because Germany's got fantastic absolutely fantastic uh, music scene. yeah um you know, I can go over there and see people easy. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah in fact, I've got a few friends that live in Hamburg, so that's, that's a pretty good place to go. Um, uh, but, yeah, locally, there is a place near me, uh, called the Musikhus, and they Musik have, that. Huss.
0: Huss. 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 uh, yes. uh, uh,
1: um, um Uh, Yeah, I've been asked to go to their concerts because they want to see what I think. Um, Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to go and see what's going on there.
0: It's when you realise it's like some uh, Viking metal kind of band with like, you know, trumpets and horns and drinking out, or am I just being really stereotyping right now?
1: (laughs) I've totally pictured a Louis Armstrong Viking then. Um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you're being racist. <laughs> no, I, I don't think there's anything like that uh, happening. It, it probably is, but more like folk festivals. And I don't know what to expect, to be honest, so I'm, I'm looking
0: forward to having a look. It's definitely the big type of music that is quite popular in a lot of the Scandinavian countries. It's like the, the black metal and things like that. You know, it's so, like... Sean O'Bodem and Bayer Moth and bands like, you know, very heavily kind of uh, originating and influenced from, from those sorts of areas. And and speaking of Muse, what did you make of the new album?
1: I loved it. I, do you know what? It was so much like an an older Muse album. Like, yeah, More like Origin or Absolution or something along those lines.
0: That's what I thought, and then like there was, yeah, it was very like synthy kind of based, you know, back like you say to kind of old school muse. But then there was a lot of influences, I think, from like you know the drones tour with some of the heavier bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. Really good, I think it's one of the best albums they've done.
1: I do, yeah. I uh, I really really like it. Um, did
0: you, I really like the Halloween song. I I must admit I didn't like the album at first when I first listened to it. it, it it's really? definitely it was it, it's, it's definitely become a bit of a grower rather than instantly. Not a shower. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a grower, not a shower. As I, as I've heard many times before. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what <they>
1: tell you. <laughs> yeah,
0: un- unfor- Unfortunately, so. Um,
1: so. Yeah, no, I, I liked it straight away, and normally it does take me a few listens to, like, kind of get it, but with this one I was just like, no, nope, yeah, i get that. I like it straight away. I was I was banging straight in. Will of The
0: People was, the sh- was like, the, 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 the weakest song, I thought. Yeah. I yeah,
1: thought. Um, I, see, my, my impression was when they released the singles it was kind of like, oh, hang on a minute. What, why are you making, like, Brexit voters and Trump supporters look like. Why? Why are you kind of trying to make them look good because they're not. (laughs) And then it was like uh, you listen to it in context and you realize the album's kind of like it's about populism and um, more populist um, uh, politics and stuff like that. And it's kind of like a journey as to like, oh shit, these people are all gonna like. They they think that they want something and then when they get it they
0: realise it was actually crap. Yeah, which which kind of sounds like Britain in That's in it. in general. And
1: yeah, what
0: do you think we left? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I I'm not going to lie. After seeing the news of the prime minister and stuff today, I think I might be following soon and soon enough.
1: <laughs> oh no! I tell me what's happened.
0: Uh, Liz Truss has won and been voted in and uh, obviously me working for the NHS, and she said the first thing she was going to do was strip the NHS of the pay rises, so that's a big middle finger, in my opinion, but hey. Oh, I think it was something to do with like um and it, I'm I must admit I haven't paid all that much attention to it because I'm just fed up of the negativity uh but I think it was basically like oh it was kettles that was it it was kettles and it was just kind of like uh if you get a new kettles it's basically gonna make you use more energy or something something stupid Along the lines like oh, I I genuinely don't know but I know it's just something stupid because I'm seeing memes everywhere. A, f- a fun fact is uh, I only found this out about two or three years ago and just like putting it out there my partner is not at all kind of associated with anything like this and she hates people that are like this but her uh, dad tried to run for like the local MP of UKIP and I was just like yeah that yeah exactly and I was just like Ugh. uh. uh. Yes, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so looking at time wise, we're approaching the end of the, the podcast time limit. So we've come to one of my favourite parts of the podcast where um, I ask the guests the same three questions for some nice continuity uh, on the podcast because always, it's always interesting hearing the answers. Um, so obviously, the regular listeners will know all about this. Uh, if you're not a regular listener, then where have you been for the last? year and a half two years i forgot how long i've been doing this now already um so first up is your desert island rig no budget one pedal one amp one guitar what you're having any amp and any amp any guitar any pedal yeah that's very um like major like pliny vibes or like some something like that um secondly and, and 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 yeah yeah you've picked the most kind of like modern contemporary uh rig that you could possibly pick <laughs> would it ha- would it have a headstock though on it, or would it literally be the Strandberg no headstock <laughs> I still haven't tried one, I will one day at some point. Yeah. It's not one of the ones where you can just sit play it for 20 minutes in guitar, guitar, and then walk out with it, so to speak. Uh, Well, you could. you, You could. It's, you know, probably not the best way to get along with it, but you can. Um... Next up is, uh, what have you been listening to at the moment on your streaming platform? Okay, you're the first person that said audiobooks. role playing game okay <laughs> it's very out there um and last but not least where can we find out more about you which ironically I run (laughs) the irony of it um Lee it's been wonderful to actually have a proper kind of sit down and check well I not say sit down we are sitting down in completely different areas of the world and talk and just have a something slightly different to the fret talk podcast which is like not in a way Ever so slightly affiliated with this podcast, but they're not our rivals, but they are our partners. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, we're going to be having uh, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap on here. We're going to be having... Yeah, nobody nobody wants to hear off budget pedal, chap. Let's be honest. No one wants to hear off a of blues, dad. probably could, yeah, but I don't. I don't know if the one want to put up with that. You know, I I feel like the What having Mister Matt Quine on here could be quite fun because I feel like it'll probably end up being one of the most controversial podcasts that we do. <laughs> Uh, all right well let's wrap it up then so we don't give away any patient (laughs) confidentiality (laughs) lee thank you ever so much for taking the time out this afternoon on this wonderful monday afternoon and and of of course we wish you the best with pedal boards of doom but i wish you the best but i'm part of it so yeah that makes total total sense down to all of us (laughs) Lee, once again, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in. Regular listeners, new viewers, new viewers, new listeners, whatever you, however you are enjoying your podcast, thank you for being with us. Thank you for spending time with us. Make sure you're following it so you get up-to-date notifications on the episodes of Guitar Geeks. Uh, and next week or next time, featuring uh, wonderful Ben Daly from the band Black Mountain. Uh Lee? Thank you very much. And from me, the Corona Mortis, thank you ever so much for people joining in and we'll see you all again very soon.